Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, El Conservador, right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. I'm at Rich Valdez on all the social media. Give us a follow, see what's going on. And I want to tell you a little bit of a story about a pastor. He's a pastor today, but at one point, this guy was cooking up cocaine, selling dope. Today... He's leading a flock. Today, he runs a radio station. Today, he's nearly 40 years in sobriety, 40 years in the ministry. He leads the National Diversity Coalition for Donald Trump, the president of the United States, who I like to call El Trumpito, Donaldus Magnus, El Presidente, Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States. I tell you what, we had, we had such an amazing time with Bishop Jackson, and here we have... I'll tell you, my pastor, right? What a pastor. Daryl Scott. He is, he's become a big television star. But he's never going to leave anybody over here. But he's become a big television star. He co-hosts my show now every night. Oh, really? Is that right? That's good. But he is a fantastic guy. You have some incredible people. And by the way, they're not allowed really to speak their mind, you know, because if they do, they have the Johnson Amendment to contend with. We're going to terminate that Johnson. These are the people that you want to have speaking to you and freely speaking to you. And he's been a solid advisor to the president. He's a really charming guy, and he's written a terrific book. I want you to hear a little bit about the book from Pastor Daryl Scott. So, pastoral advisor, spiritual advisor, Pastor Daryl Scott, welcome to This is America. Hi, you. God bless you, man. Good to hear from you again. So, we, we spoke yesterday about some of your really interesting themes in the book, and I want you to kind of expand on others because our audience is a little bit younger, and I think that we have the time to get into some of the longer stories What's one of your favorite parts of the book? You know, I've had so many uh, different stories I tell in the book, and there were some things I left out. Uh, but as far as the administration is concerned, I like that time when, when uh, President Trump and I were on the campaign trail together and we were at a fundraiser. And at the fundraiser, you know, they came back, and he went out front. They had a, had a curtain off in the back. He went out front, and he did his shtick. We're going to build the wall. Mexico is going to pay for it. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And he was out there maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes. But then he came in the back. And he, myself, and one other guy, we sat in the back for over an hour. And we were back there eating burgers and fries. And let me tell you something. That guy loves burgers and fries. <laughs> and <laughs> it got so good. When they were done, he wanted another one. And he actually served us. Let me get you another one. He got us another one. And while we were sitting there, I said to him, I said, you know, you rewrote the rules of the game. He said, what do you mean? I said, usually 
a campaign manager is ride or die. You get the first one, you stick with them throughout your administration, win or lose, sink or swim, throughout the campaign, excuse me, win or lose, sink or swim. And I said, but here you are, you don't hear, just hire Kellyanne Conway. I said, you fire Corey, you fire Manafort, this, 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 this chick, Kelly, Kelly seems like she's going to be all right. She seems like she might make it. She seems pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. He looked at me and said, no respect to her, no, no slight to Kellyanne, but I'll fire her the night before the election if that's what it takes for <laughs> me to win. And so, and you know, thinking of food, another one of my favorite stories, we were on the campaign trail leaving the church in Detroit that we had visited. And we were riding through the hood because we're on our way to Ben Carson's childhood home. Mm. And while they had the street vendors selling barbecue on the streets, and you could smell it, you know, the smoke was in the air, and the smell got into our car. And he said, man, what is that? I said, those street vendors selling barbecue. He said, that barbecue ain't good. I said, man, that's probably the best barbecue you can get. He said, should we stop and get some? I said, man, we can't stop. We got a motorcade. The whole street is blocked off. We got motorcades all the way back. I don't think it'd be... He said, no, that's all right. We got food being delivered to the plane. Hmm. And so I remember that. So now we go to Ben Carson's. After that, we go to the plane. It's the Trump Force One plane with the gold seatbelts and everything. And I'm wondering, it was my first time on the plane, and I'm there, and I'm wondering, what are we going to have to eat? You know, there's this billionaire that has world-class five-star restaurants that he's controlled. Whatever. I wonder what we're having. Caviar, seven under glass. Um, I don't know, was the salmon being shipped in from Norway? What are we going to have? And then he says, the food is here. And he walks up the stairs carrying a big tray. And on this tray is like 20 Big Macs, 20 quarter pounds <laughs> of cheese, uh, 10 orders of fries. I said to myself, you know what? You got to love it. Uh, you do got to <laughs> love it. He was genuinely excited about the McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. Not too many people, I think, can say that one. I just, I couldn't do anything. You know, he, I, I like the guy. And, you know, you know, I, I mean, some of the younger people, if you have a younger audience, they can relate to this when I say this. He trips me out, man. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I liked him from the very beginning. I met this guy. He trips me out. He's one of those guys that 95% of the things that he does are humorous to me, even if he's not being humorous. Yeah, he's just a funny guy. He's the kind, you ever had a buddy like that when you were growing up? Yeah, genuine good sense of humor. It was funny. He just, you know, not that he was, not that you didn't take him serious, it's just his whole persona, his whole vibe. Because, you know, he doesn't take who he is too serious, even though he takes what he does very serious. Mm -hmm. There's a difference there. Yeah, Uh, folks, we're on with Pastor Daryl Scott. He's the author of Nothing to Lose, Unlikely allies in the struggle for a better black America. Get that on Amazon. Get it wherever you buy your books. You buy it today, you'll get it tomorrow. Now, Pastor Scott, what is your favorite chapter in the book and why? You know, this is part of my favorite chapter will probably be right around when we won the election, when he won the election and the evening we had on election eve and how we all were there. Because, you know, when you read certain parts, it brings back memories that I have, and, and I can, you know, you can read something and it will put you in there. And so when I read that part about how we were on election eve night, the sense of optimism that was in the air, the sense of joy that we all experienced as state after state after state came in, and he won. You know, I tried to uh, present that scenario so I could put the reader in that place as well, but they'll never get to the place I was, because it brings back the thoughts and the emotions attached with it and the joy that we got from it. It was a great night. 
So that was a good chapter for me. Another time was recounting when I gave my life to the Lord. And the night, you know, when I look back on it, I see how supernatural it was the night that mm-hmm. my wife wound up. You know, there's a section in there that tells about my life and mm-hmm. how uh, I wound up becoming coming out those streets and becoming a preacher. And it's something that I've never forgot. It's still fresh in my mind, even though it was 38 years ago, going on 39 years ago. You know, I was one of the first people in my um, city that knew how to cook crack cocaine. You know, it was so early, we didn't even call it crack back then. We called it freebasing. And I knew how to do it. And one particular night, it was a Friday night, right around 6.30, um, I was cooking some, I was cooking up some, 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 some cocaine and smoking it, while at the same time, I was spraying PCP on, on weed to go out and sell that night, so I was doing double duty. Wow. And at that time, you had to have some 151 rum involved in the process in order to keep the torch lit, to keep the pipe going. Mm. I'm going to try to make this story short. At that time, you couldn't buy liquor after 6 o'clock. Wow. They wouldn't sell liquor after 6 o'clock in the evening in Ohio. And so I sent my wife to an after-hours joint. It was around 6.30. I said, go around to the green door and get me a pint of 151 rum so I can keep mm. And she didn't come back till after midnight. And so I wound up never going anywhere that night. And she came back home that night, and she said, I ran into our friend, mine that lives across the street. He's now a bishop in the church. He talked her in the car, talked her in the church. She gave her life to the Lord that night. She came home and said, I'm a Christian now. I'm saved now. You got to go. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord home. does work. It, he moves in seriously mysterious ways. She said, I'm not sleeping with you anymore. And, you know, the house we in was pretty big, and she wouldn't sleep with me again. And so this stuff went on for, like, I mean, I was like, I'm not going anywhere. What are you talking about? And, you know, <laughs> this went on for about six or seven weeks. She started going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday, Friday. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday, Friday. I was on the streets still selling drugs. I was out there every weekend. And one Friday night, in, in, in a couple of months later, she begged me. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com begged me to go to church with her. And I was like, I'm sick of hearing this crap. I'm about to get on the street and sell this dope. She begged me to go to church. And I went, I said, I'm going to go this one time to get you to shut up. And I went that one time and, and, and wound up giving my life to the Lord. I flushed all my dope down the toilet. All the dope I was going to sell that night. I wound up flushing it all down the toilet. I've never had a drop of, that was March 1982. I've never had a drop of liquor since then. I never used drugs again. I never smoked another cigarette. It was just complete and total deliverance all that one night. Amen. Wow. That's a story. So, and since then, you've moved on, you've gone into ministry, you're in the broadcast world, and you're in politics. Now, being in politics, now, me, myself, being a Boricua, being Puerto Rican, uh, I get a lot of heat for being a Republican, for being a conservative, and I hear things like, I'm a sellout, or in Spanish, they say, vendido. And I'm guessing, I'm just going to take a wild guess, that you get a little bit of that, too. Yeah, I do. I mean, I don't get it as much anymore because I was uh, active with the president in a number of initiatives geared towards 
the minority communities. Mm-hmm. But here's the one thing I like to say, and I, I find it slighting and insulting to to the black community and the Hispanic community and to women. Mm-hmm. When I speak of blacks, Hispanics, and women, the Democratic Party did not give either of any of us three an intellectual reason to not vote for Donald Trump. They mm-hmm. gave us emotional reasons. They told the black community, he's a racist, he hates you. He will put you back in slavery. It will be Jim Crow again. He hates you. Don't vote for him. They told the Hispanic community, he hates you. Mm-hmm. He hates you. Do not. He hates Latinos, and so don't vote for him. They told women, he's a misogynist. He's a sexist. He oppresses women. Don't vote for him. He was a, he, he, he's a sexual assaulter. Don't vote for him. They gave all emotional reasons, and we all bit. Now, the white male, they didn't do that to him. They talked about trade. They talked about the economy. They talked about foreign policy. They talked about domestic policy. They talked about manufacturing. They talked about all the intellectual reasons why you should or shouldn't endorse this candidate. But for the Latinos, for the blacks, for the females, they gave us emotional reasons. They played on our emotions. So what I'm hearing you say... Because our people are emotional by nature. Black people are emotional. Emotions fueled our our uh, decisions, and that's why the hostility towards others because we feel very emotional about this. Yeah, uh, from what I hear you saying, it sounds like the Democrats, even in their approach and their messaging with their politics, even that is systemically racist. Yes, it is, (laughs) and it's unbelievable that people don't see through it. Yeah, and you know what? That's why you don't see the hostility that a white male Democrat will have for a white male Republican because they made, they base their uh, decisions uh, off of intellectual reasons. Mm-hmm. Logic. But when you're dealing with emotional reasons, man, that would cause some hatred and some venom and some anger and frustration. All of these things will come into play because these are all emotions. And so that's why our people are so emotional about it. Now, just you're a sellout. You're, I'm just so angry at you because you, you know you. you these are emotions that have been said, and so the Democratic Party has been playing us like a fiddle in that respect. And once again, as you stated, that's systemic racism right there. Yeah, 100%. And I guess, uh, final thought, what is your message? You know, a lot of my audience are, are Hispanos, they're Latinos, and, and, and it's very diverse. But what is your message to minorities on the whole as we look forward to the 2020 election? What does Pastor Darrell Scott say on behalf of the president, on behalf of the NDC? I wrote the book, I wrote it with the intent to change people's minds about myself as a minority and my decision to endorse Donald Trump and mm-hmm. change opinion about Donald Trump. And I think this book can transcend racial barriers, I think will be just as relevant for the Latino community as it is for the black community. Because, you know, as I stated, they use the same tactics against us both. And so, but going forward, I would just like to say, you know, don't believe the hype when it comes from the fake news media. I was talking to a gentleman who was, uh, he graduated from an HBCU, and his sons both attend HBCUs. And when I told him about the historic legislation that, and the funding that the president had given to HBCUs, he knew nothing about it. And he asked me, why don't I know about this? I said, well, where do you get your information from? If you're only getting your information from CNN and MSNBC, you're not going to know about this because those, the left-wing media is antagonistic to the president, and they don't want to tout any of his positive accomplishments. So what I would ask our listeners to do is expand your horizons. 
and, and, and open up your ears and listen to what the quote-unquote other side is saying and weigh this in the balance against what your supposed side is saying and then make an intellectual decision. And I really believe if you do that, you'll see that the best candidate uh, and one of the best presidents we've ever had is Donald Trump. Fair enough. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the author of Nothing to Lose, Pastor Daryl Scott, Unlikely Allies in the Struggle for a Better Black America. Order today. Order one for a friend. We got elections coming up and you want to be able to make an effective case for the president. Nothing to lose. Unlikely allies in the struggle for a better black America. Get it on Amazon. Pastor Daryl Scott, thank you for joining. This is America with Rich Valdez. Thank you, Rich. God bless you. You got it, my brother. Take care. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. This is America. Bienvenido, America. Welcome back. Now, what a passionate story, a moving story, an inspiring story of somebody that came, and as um, Kumbadi Cheech Curtis Lee would say, from the streets to the suites. And he's really made an impact on his community, on his country. I think it's a terrific book. I urge you to get it. But overall, I think the grand theme here is that Latinos, Hispanics, African Americans, Black Americans, however you want to slice this, minorities don't have to be Democrats. They don't have to vote for Donald Trump. They don't have to vote for Joe Biden. But if they make a conscious decision, they should vote for Donald Trump and not for Joe Biden. Trump clearly has the country's best interest in mind and is doing an earnest job toward that end. Joe Biden's had his shot. We've seen what he can do at the highest levels of government, decade after decade. If that's not an effective dress rehearsal, I don't know what is. Biden has run for president so many times and he's never won. I doubt he's going to win this time unless they cheat. But I think there's a lot to be said for a guy who's never run for so much as dog catcher. Building buildings, building hotels, building casinos, making TV shows, making money, doing what he does. He's a hustler. Donald Trump. He's doing his thing in Washington. What's Biden doing? Hiding in a bubble. Joe El Baboso Biden, hiding Biden, hiding in a bubble. You've got to be kidding I find it ridiculous that they even let this guy run for president. And on last minute notice, he does this outdoor CNN town hall. Oh, boy. We'll get to that in another episode. But you have got to be kidding me. It's the first time we've seen him stand up for an hour in front of people and take questions, which many suspect the questions were already given to him. And others suspect that the people in the audience were plants. Now, I'm not going to say that's true or false. I'll take them at their word for now until it's proven like it was with Donna Brazil in the 2016 debate when they gave Hillary Clinton the debate questions ahead of time so she could craft her answers. That's literally not how it works. That's literally how you cheat on a test. So bottom line here, people need to wake up. People need to realize that you're not a sellout. You're not married to the Democrat party. You're not married to poverty. You're not married to government assistance. No one should ever be. And if you feel like you're married to poverty and government assistance and whatever program the Democrats have helped you have, Check yourself, because that's messed up. 
wouldn't you want to succeed? Wouldn't you want to make enough money to buy a house, buy your parents a house, send your kids to college, buy a vacation home, leave your kids a legacy? That's what the grind is all about. If you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. Don't let the Democrats cogerte de soqueta, like my mother would say. Be smart. Vote your conscience. Vote for your country. And hasta la próxima. Until next time, America. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. 